Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Gus. He is Steve. And the heroes in a half shell make their triumphant return. So 277 today, June 23rd, 2022. We're going to be going, well, actually, we're not going to be going right into our topic today. We're actually going to be doing a little howdy doody time before going right into (laughs) said topic of the day, which is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And, uh, you know, if you so choose, you can fast forward it to that little location if you wish. Sure. But we don't recommend you do that because you'd miss all the brotherly uh. banter. And before we actually get into that little chestnut, be sure to ninja kick that subscribe button and maybe <laughs> throw a pizza at that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week, every single week. Steve, it's good to see you as... Always. Thanks, Russ. Mm. Thank you, Russ. Likewise. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Do you like the shirt, by the way? Uh, It's a little tight. Across the chest. Uh, But yes. It's because I work out. Oh, man, you're so swole. Every day. Swole. Not to be confused with swell. Okay, there it is. It's got a green mask on here. uh, It's not exactly accurate. What? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. It is the provincial, provincial turtle power. Yeah, Ross. It's Providence. Providence turtle power. That's that's what it is. Probably just kind of the generic mask, you know. But see, then you Green. run to the problem of like, well, what color do you want it to be? Because, you know, the shirt's already blue. Mm. You could do a light blue. But then what if you want red or orange or purple? Then then you get into an identity crisis. Mm. Mm. What are you going to do? First world problems, Russ. First world prizzles. Yes. Yeah. What have you been up to, Steve? What have you been playing? Like, I don't even have to ask you. Man. Let me, let you, know, me, you already know, know what I'm playing. Let me Actually, rephrase the question. Uh, how go your Elden Ring adventure, Steve? Actually, no, Russ. I think I need to say something. Oh, well, you need to say something. Because last show, you said, oh, well, uh, you know, next show, which would have been this show, <gasps> uh-huh. you were like, oh, well, uh, the DLC for Forza is going to drop the thing, and we're going to have to do our show on that. And, um, and that didn't happen. It did not happen. That was my mistake. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was my mistake, too. Thank you for bringing that up, Steve. Sorry about that. Thank you for bringing that up. But uh, thanks for uh, showing me the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Game Pass experience. Absolutely, yeah. We were going to have the uh, Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels yeah. uh, topic, but the then all of a sudden, the the... the well, actually, you let me know that it was coming out in July instead of June. So yeah. I was like, oh, and I think it's July 17th. Is that right? Yeah. I thought it was June 17th. So June, July, tomato, tomato. Not a big deal, though, however, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden I realized, hey, we got some TMNT goodness we need to talk about. So anyway, back at mm-hmm. the current question at hand, Steve, oh, please inform us oh, of what kind of new adventures you have uh, experienced 
That puts in your me Elden Ring. And a bit of a predicament there, Grab my leg. Um, yeah, you know, Russ. <laughs> so, uh, well, I don't want to give away any spoilers. So that kind of puts me in a predicament because I don't want to tell you exactly where I'm at mm. because you don't want me to. It's true. I don't want like specific spoilers because uh-huh. I'm not as far along as you are. But could you talk perhaps on uh-huh. in a roundabout kind of way, Steve? Russ. Maybe things that are not necessarily driven from the story itself, like like you know anything that's like major plot points or reveals or that sort of thing. But you know, if okay. you happen to come across, like I'm sure you've come across other types of baddies in your particular area. Yeah, basically, right now there's nowhere left to go and no more maps to reveal. Oh. It is towards the end of the game. In game, is it worse, Steve? End game, and I'm getting a bit scurred. A bit scurred. <laughs> a bit scurred because uh, I feel like that's good. The last guys are here, and the game is going to end, and I feel like I kind of want to experience more uh-huh. before uh, the game ends, and I have to do New Game Plus 1 or New Game Plus or whatever it is. Indeed. And, um, but at the same time, I don't really know where else to go and what else to do. Mm. So I'm at that kind of a crossroads. I don't want the game to end. I don't really want to start the game over. Do you feel as though you have combed the entire lands in between? Is it lands between or lands in between? Uh, probably lands in between. Um, I don't, I mean, I think, well, there's plenty. I feel like you have not done that. There's probably, I mean, I'm sure if I go online and be like, whoa, what do I miss? What do oh, sure. usually, you know, but I, um, I, I, I have not, I don't think I've revealed everything. I mean, honestly, there's a lot that I probably haven't done. I mean, I'm, I still don't even know a lot of the story. I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I haven't made or crafted anything except for the horse raisins, the rower raisins. Uh-huh. So I've yet to do any of that. I've yet to, I've only completed probably a couple quest lines. Um, and so I don't know half of what, what's going on there. And on, so, um, so yeah, I mean, you have things that, that can, you could still do, which in all honesty, like if, if you don't go through and, and complete all those during this particular run, that just gives you more new experiences and content to go through later on. Yeah. But I don't really know what I would do different. That's the thing is that I would have to like, on my next playthrough, I would have to like do all the online research and find you know people to interact with and quests to finish because I don't like I can't find them really on my own. I'd have to like zigzag the entire map <laughs> to find NPCs. Welcome to my world, you know. Yes, because I I don't know where to go. I don't mm. know what to do. One of the things that I have figured out what a figured while out? ago is like if if I'm wondering, have I? discovered all that there is to discover within a particular region of the game. I'll just zoom into the map and then I'll start to look at the actual illustration itself Uh because more often than not, like you'll be able to make out like, Oh, that looks like it's, it could be an entrance to a cave or that looks like that could be a little village perhaps or whatever. And I would say just about every single instance of that, it turns out to be true. There is something there that I had not, you know, it's off the beaten path. It's not like you're in like the center meat and potatoes area of everything to give me an idea. Huh? Because you're not forthcoming with where you are in terms of where I am. 
you know, I was in the Atlas Plateau area, but then I actually doubled back over to Volcano uh, Manor, mm-hmm. partly because I haven't yet fought the, the main boss, Rikert or whatever his name is, but also because I noticed that there are along the outskirts like these little like indi- indicators. Mm. <laughs> And I'm going to smell that. I'm going to inhale it. Did you hear something, Steve? What was that? What was that? It was probably, it sounded like something wet being ejected (laughs) forcefully out of a, out of your main body orifice. (laughs) Into mist. Into misty mist. (laughs) That's what we call sparkly magic in the air. Oh boy. That's uh, just fairy dust is what that is. <laughs> so gross. Right? Nasty. Uh, you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like half mule. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's more of a horse. You got your donkey ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donkey tail. Yeah. Anyway, um, looking at that area of, of Volcano Manor. Um, so how did you know the fact that in the boss there was named Riker, Russ? Uh, I don't recall. Either you told me or I didn't tell you. Nick told me. Uh, Purposely Uh, didn't tell you. Jack. Well, I mean, I know that. Well, no, like, I don't know who, either you or Nick told me, but like you both told me that there is another boss that is there that I have not Uh, found yet. Yes. I told you there was another boss. I didn't tell you his name. I specifically left that out. Well, that's not, I mean, to, to me, it's neither here nor there. So you haven't you're faced It's just yet. a name. And, no, no. Do you know where you're going? No. Ah. But, but what I was going to say is, is that um, when you are back in that volcano manor, have you scoured like, like more of the, the outskirts of that region? For the most part, yeah. So you, you've seen how like, like for instance, um, when I'm close to the volcano manor and I'm kind of on those craggy cliffs and stuff, uh-huh. I'll look down and there's actually like an area that you can get to. Mm-hmm. It's like super far down. You can't just drop down from where you are. You have to figure out how to get down there. I finally today figured out how to negotiate and navigate my way down the cliffs. And all of a sudden I'm in this valley. That's like, I'm at the, like the bottom area and I'm, you know, trotting along and whatnot. And like, I found like a cave that has a ton of poison in it. Like I'm just like wading through nothing but poison and whatnot. And then, um, beyond that, there's like some kind of little village thing that I haven't really looked at yet. And then I was looking at the map and like, there's another section that I haven't seen either. You have, again, you have to zoom in. If you zoom in on the map and you just look, you can train your eyes, Steve, to, to make out certain shapes. You have to show me that, Russ. I, I, I mean, I've revealed everything on the map. I know, but and I think I've explored everything on the map. By the way, I think I found. Well, I'm. I can't say I found it, but I think <laughs> I discovered. It. I found it. <laughs> a, a way that you can. Um, the falling damage is just odd in this game. Like some places, you fall. And I guess you're just programmed to fall longer before you just die. Uh-huh. And other times, you're like I can make that, and then you fall, <laughs> and then you're like. You drop six and feet, like, and then you're like what? your horse just keels over. You're like, what? Yeah, should my horse just died and I lived? Um, <laughs> anyhow, 
I I did this because I was trying to land on a certain like just like divot <laughs> of this wall. I wanted to fall down, and it was I knew it was kind of far, and there was like a little ridge or a nudge or a nub or something that was sticking out of the wall or one of those columns or something, and I was like, and I was pushing on the con- different buttons on the controller, and I didn't land on it, but I was swinging my weapon, and somehow the weapon hitting the wall prolonged like the the inertia of me accelerating towards my death. Oh. And I landed and I think only a little bit of life left or nothing at all. But I landed okay and I thought I was going to die. Hmm. And so I tried it again. Not it didn't work every single time, but it did work multiple times. And so I got me thinking like, well, you know, if there's something like, you know, sometimes you can kind of just peek over the edge and kind of spin the camera like really like down there. Uh, huh? Um, oh. <laughs> should I just Fall or not. Um, Torrent's like, <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Like, it's oh, you, okay. You talk. You What's more fruit? Yeah, here? really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My horse is giving me advice now. Oh, good boy. Yeah, or girl, yeah. whatever you are. Uh, it's probably a girl, honestly. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so there's times when you could see stuff like at the bottom of the cliff, like some little beach or, sure. or whatever. And this one kind of gets me thinking like, yeah, maybe I could just fall all the way down there. A controlled fall and just keep on whacking the edge of the cliff until I can maybe make it. I think it's a possibility. I think that they've been pretty purposeful and methodical in terms <laughs> of being able to show you like when you peer over any kind of cliff. It's pretty apparent like, oh, if, if it goes down into like an empty void or an abyss, you're like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just uh, not going to work out versus yeah. like if you look down you're like well there seems to be awful lot of TLC in that area but again <clears throat> it may be that you can't necessarily just drop where you are you're gonna have to negotiate like I said your way down figure it out but yeah I'll have to, to show you where I'm referring to and see if you have been there already or not simply because I mean even in that like there's like Mount Gilmere and then there's uh the volcano manor and they, they both kind of transition into each other and I think one of the really strong suits of that particular area is it's so organic in terms of you trying to figure out how to move forward, how to progress in such a way. Obviously, like the more types of grace points you come across, it gets easier and easier to kind of plot your way around. But I mean, even once you make your way scaling up the the sides of the cliffs and stuff, which again, I, I, I think I was talking to you about how, um, that particular area kind of reminded me of the princess bride where right. Andre the giants, like climbing up the rope and whatnot. I totally got like the princess bride vibes when I was in this particular area. But like what, it, and I think what's super cool is that, so you're making your way up a certain way and there are multiple ways that you can get to volcano manor. However, once you get to the top, then you realize that, Oh, because there are these other areas that I actually weren't paying attention to because I, I was so like focused and enamored with the huge, castle that is volcano manor suddenly it's like oh there are these other places that do exist that i can go check out but now i have to negotiate my way back down the cliffs ah. which is not the same way that i came up i have mm. to figure out this other kind of method so i just i love that i think it's a it really speaks to the the quality of the adventure mm-hmm. mm. having said all that steve though uh can you describe 
Let me ask you this. Uh, sure, Russ. I, I, I'd love to tell you exactly where I'm at, but you told me not to spoil anything. I know, I know, I know. Let me, let, let, I will ask okay, you a okay, particular okay, okay, question. Okay, 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 okay. Have you fought uh, a female boss yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting her, Russ. You're fighting? You're, I'm fighting her, Russ. Yeah, as in you have not defeated her. No. Oh. I tried about, well, I'm just going to say 10 times. And um, <laughs> I got halfway there. Uh-huh. So it is possible, Russ. I have heard she is quite challenging. Yes. Um. Yeah, I'm there. And um, does she frustrate you, Steve? Not yet. Does no. she anger you, Steve? Uh, not yet. No. What angered me was when the game decided to reset itself after some sort of update and I lost like a bunch of progression. That's awful. Because if you remember, I was with this, like this skeleton scorpion looking thing. I had a bunch of gravity magic and it was pain in my butt. Sure. And, um, so I was there and then this reset happened and I lost that portion of the map. I think I kept the same experience that I had acquired though. And so I kept doing other things and leveling up, and I went back and I bested the bastard. So First try. Did that ever get recovered for you fully, or did you literally well, have to like go back through yeah. and refight like all bosses yeah. that you had already vanquished? You had to do all that? Yeah. So there might be some stuff I got to do over again. I don't know. Mm. But I mean, th there is a couple caves in, in Kalid that are just like nothing but scarlet rot. I'm like, I just really don't want to. Eh. No, no, don't be a weenie. Uh, no, Russ. I mean, it's like, partly it's like, oh, here's a spell you can't use. <laughs> Have it. I'm like, I, I can't use that. Well, it's like the dragons. Like, you get a dragon heart. I'm like, oh, okay, here I got like 12 of these things. <laughs> Can I spend them using some special ability? I opened up a little tenant <laughs> farmer's market with dragon hearts. Go buy two for one. Man. I'm like, oh, you can breathe fire if you get this. I'm like, cool. What else? Like, well, you need to improve your faith. Faith. You need to improve your arcane. You need to improve your intelligence. I'm like, I got none of that. <laughs> I'm stupid and strong. <laughs> I should I am. I got muscles. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like all that stuff. It's like it doesn't really interest me that much because I'm I can't use it. Why am I going to go through and just frustrate myself? Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know do that. I understand, Steve. I understand. So, uh, what else can you tell us about where you are currently? Um, okay, so, um, after, well, this is not a spoiler, because you already know there was I was in the snowy area. <laughs> I mean, so, I was like, hey, yeah. um, you already know I'm wearing a banana <laughs> hammock, so. You already know I'm wandering through just naked. <laughs> um, <laughs> with a billy club. Hey, you want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> I call this the spread eagle. Um, <laughs> it's a... Oh, gosh. Uh, I prefer to fight you in the nude. <laughs> That's wrestle. Greek yeah. style, huh? <laughs> Take all you baddies on. Uh, I just saw her run away. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's scary. Getting at it, you look excited. <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, that's your weapon of choice, I. Oh boy. So, um, man, right. Anyhow, I am in the snowy area, and I've pretty much defeated everybody who was there, to my knowledge. Yes, except for the uh, dragon, because again. Why am I going to defeat the dragon? Here's something else you can't use. Ah, cool. Um, and so I didn't defeat that dragon yet, Russ. It's, uh, nah. No, this is the snow dragon? Yeah. Well, make sure you give that dragon my number. And here's the thing, too, Russ. Here, here's what else. I, I've come... I. I yeah, I think you anything anybody has in the game, like clothes, uniform, armor, you can have. Uh-huh. Scaled down to you, of course, but you can basically get it and wear it. Uh-huh. Same thing with weapons. Now, the weapons, like they, they might not drop them the first time, the second time, the 26th time, the 500th time, but you can basically use any weapon in the game. Right. To my knowledge. Now, if I'm wrong on that, let me know in the comments down here. But that's what I, that's my perception. So there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, I can always just spend a lot of time farming and 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 grabbing. I can't do anything cool in the game except be really strong. Hey, you're a Vagabond class, so that makes sense. Yeah. What's up? And again, it speaks to the replayability of the game because once you defeat it, if you want to start a brand new class, you can. And then at that point in time, you can have a completely different experience. Instead of like just being like a a melee fighter, you could perhaps have some distance to you or cast some spells or, you know, whatever. For example, I'll give you an example, Ross. The uh, Lava Manor. Okay, where you're at? A.K.A. Volcano. Volcano. Okay, yeah. <laughs> actually, you actually never see a volcano. You just see the lava. So you know it's, it's somewhere around. There. When you when you enter the area, it goes volcano matter. Volcano matter. Anyway, it would be cool actually if they had someone some cool via like that. It should be. Yeah, right. Like Gandalf style, you know. Yeah. Volcano matter. So in the dark. there's these uh, ash. And shatter flame. Uh, um, where was I? Oh, right. <laughs> so there are these enemies, they're like these lizard men, right? Mm. And there's only two of them, two, who have lava weapons. One's a sword and one's a whip. Have you seen them? I have. I um, want those, Russ. Yes, those Be- are pretty cool looking. Because whatever you do, if you hit somebody, they're going to have some fire damage. And I don't need no arcane for that, Russ. It's very true. Just, need to just swing it. But there's only two enemies in the entire game who have that weapon, Russ. And I want it. But I don't want to have the patience right now. I just kind of want to. Well, maybe you'll find it. Maybe it exi- Maybe if you comb the areas like I'm talking about, maybe you'll I've stumble com- upon said weapon. No. I don't think so, Russ. There's, well, no, there's, there's, like, there's barely anything else to comb. That huh? is a glasses half-empty kind of outlook, Steve. Man. Yeah, but the, like, the bottom of the glass, the, what's left in the glass is the, like, the best stuff, Russ. <laughs> so, oh, you boy. are currently in... Uh, fisticuffs with the the female boss. The you female. haven't defeated her yet. 
Let me ask you something, since you have made uh -huh. it almost to the end. Obviously, uh -huh. you can't answer this question with 100% ah, certainty, Steve. But in terms of all of your boss experiences mm. so far, which boss fight to you has been just the most impressive? Most? like well, Impressive meaning like, well, that guy's really cool. Or impressive meaning like, how many times it's taken to... I, I would say both, like like if there's a nice balance between the two. Um, I would say, wow, yeah. Um, I would say the 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 most memorable boss fight would have been Radon. Mm -hmm. The hardest boss fight is probably that for me anyway. It would have been. Um, uh, well, you haven't got that yet, Russ. I don't want to tell you his name. There's a guy in the Capitol. The last guy in the Capitol for uh -huh. me was a kind of a pain in the butt. Um, oh, I see. And that and the and the skeleton scorpion guy for that guy's. Which that one guy. is this? Or have I yeah, not got yeah, that? Yeah, 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 got that. That's a snowy area, Russ. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That was the one that I stepped to like three in the morning, being like, "Okay, next time I'll get him. Okay, next time I'll get him. It's twelve forty. Next time I'll get him. I'm like three ten in the morning. I gotta go." Indeed. And that's when the whole game reset. And uh, then the next time I played, I was, I was punching him in the face, and that was it. <laughs> Dunzo. Well, that's, that's impressive. I cannot wait myself to be able to see that particular baddie. Well, get ready for some turtle power, because it's the topic of the day! Our topic of the day is... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. This game was released earlier this week. And I have, for one, have been very curious as to uh, how this game plays, what the overall experience uh -huh. has been, just because based off the previews and uh -huh. the reviews of uh, various online publications that have played the game early, um... You know, it seemed to definitely harken back mm. to more of the 80s arcade game that Konami yes. made, which is the, the just one of the absolute best arcade games, I would yeah. say, in our estimation. Yes. Would you agree, Steve? I would definitely agree to that one. Yeah, Raza, I would think it would be Daytona and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and X-Men. Uh, those are the ones. I mean, there was a few others mixed in there, but yeah. uh, those would be the most probably memorable Definitely yeah. a lot of fun indeed. Right. So what is interesting about this is uh, my understanding is the studio behind this particular title was the same studio that also made the Streets of Rage beat-em-up remake. Yeah. And you can tell like, like their DNA is just all over this game as it was with Streets of Rage right. in a very good way. Yeah. Like, you know, you're playing through the game and you realize that this game is a love letter to the universe that is sure. TMNT. And, but I would say even more so is, is the, a lot of the, the, the focus and attention to detail 
to the arcade game that that uh, Konami made, as well as like the the sequel that came out on Super Nintendo, and they had kind of that Turtles in Time thing going. And in addition to that, the cartoon. That's true. Yeah, that is true, Russ. Now the game is pretty charming. Yeah, no, it um, it it definitely reminded me of the arcade. Um, I mean, some you know part of it's it's not there. Uh, I think the, the characters I think were a little bit bigger in the arcade. At least they seem yeah. to be like that. But um, I mean, the foot soldiers, you know, they kind of blow up the same, a lot of them with the same, you know, weapons. They run um, into the screen the same way, they, or run into frame. That they have that kind of. Yeah, uh, 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 hey, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> uh, and actually, the way they buckle over when you're hitting them is also very close to the Konami arcade. Yeah, and I think there's there's some similar. I mean, I remember the car, like, like jumping out of the, the garage and and one of the early levels. Like, so I think they they've taken probably bits and pieces of of the arcade, mm-hmm. and maybe the levels aren't the same, but they're similar. And I remember being on certain vehicles, I think, like the hoverboards and the arcade. Yeah, vaguely. The arcade had certain sequences where you were on like those hover skateboard, you know, futuristic skateboard looking things. Yeah. um, But I think that was pretty much the only kind of like vehicular combat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no one can actually, like, you know, four people playing the arcade, no one can actually drive like the the turtle wagon or the bus or whatever. Uh, A party wagon, Steve. Anyway, when it comes to a lot of the details on this, I think, um, first of all, we discovered how many cameos there are within this game. So we, you know, full disclosure, we were playing through, we've beaten the story mode once already, where we've already started our second romp through within the story mode. And the game itself has two modes. It's the story and arcade. Arcade is like it sounds like like it's more of that arcade experience with a limited amount of continues like you can't just like continue in perpetuity like you can in story mode story mode is a lot more forgivable it has a world map that is kind of um, resembling of uh, like Super Mario World like, like if you played Super Mario 3 or something it has that kind of top down map where you're kind of going from little like section to section as you unlock yeah uh, which again, I think I think it works in this instance. I don't think that there's a whole lot of detail that exists that is pertinent to what it is that you're doing. But it is nice to be able, to, like, if you wanted to replay a certain level, you can. You just go back there, Let's get back there, and do anything. And also, too, when it comes to the collectibles, because you know part of the incentive of gaining all the collectibles is that then you actually get certain types of cameos, and there are a number of cameos. <laughs> there is. Please uh, explain, Steve. Um, so you get. The uh, you get Velma or is Irma. Irma. Yep. Yeah. Something. Uh. Rest. Um. So you get basically April O'Neil's buddy. Yep. Her boss Burns. Her Burns and Vern. Vernon. Vernon. Yeah, that guy. Um. And so then you get uh, you can unlock all the the frogs, the punk frogs. Mm-hmm. I keep I keep on wondering for them as the battle toads. I know it's pretty funny. I like. How closely those things align, but yeah, you, you know, Genghis and Genghis and Napoleon mm-hmm. and um, they're like Attila. There's four of them and um, Rasputin. I don't think it's Rasputin. I, something like that. I just maybe read too quickly. It looked like it was Rasputin. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and there are more. I mean, that, that's just kind of a sampling of like the you know certain mm-hmm. ones that you'll come across oh, that you'll recognize. Sprinkling, indeed. The thing is, though, Russ, is I looked up to see if they were playable. Hmm. They're not. 
So, so at least not yet. They might come DLC, but like right now. I was now, just about to say, I wonder if they're holding them back for yeah. DLC. Oh, well, I hope they're holding. I mean, there was a ton of action figures. Oh. Back in the day. Yeah. And a ton of like just different people that showed up in the cartoon. Yep. And, and um, the comic book. And the comic book. And I would be definitely down to like repeat the whole game, playing all these new characters. Um, I remember there was like a robot character. I forgot what his name was. Oh, I, I said it wrong the first time I saw him because I thought it was like Mecha Turtle or something, but it's not. It's something else. Well, no, that was the enemy. But oh. I'm, I'm, there, was, there was a robot that was on uh, it was the good guy. Oh, that's right. Yes. He was the hardest guy to find as, a, as an action figure, too. I remember. Man, yes. So I can't remember the, the, the name of the character, but yes, I totally see who you're talking about. And then there was, I think his name was Yojimbo. Usagi Yojimbo. Usagi, who's the rabbit. Yes, that's yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I remember in the cartoon, he like, he was, Donatello's like, who's this guy? And then like, he just chopped up Donatello's bow. Donatello's like, huh? It's all just kind of crumbled. Uh-huh. Man, that sucked. Anyway, so there's other people that would be cool. Um, there's an episode actually with the Rat King where I don't know if you remember this or not, but the, but the Rat King I think had like a special flute or I can't remember what he did, but I, I want to say either Shredder or the Rat King influenced Usagi Ojimbo to fight against the turtles for like uh, the whole episode. And I then, think I remember that. Yeah, I'm kind of a little foggy on it, but I remember something about that. And then right. he, of course, you know, was mortified and apologized. What I really hope they would have had, um, even if they couldn't get like the original actor, the voice actor for Casey Jones, that would have been a huge plus. Even huge. If, even if somebody would have just like tried to do the voice, yeah, that would have been a major plus. Because uh, I, you know, when we were uh, twitching it, mm-hmm. Twitch still doesn't work, by the way. Um, I, I don't know. No, I mean, you said my voice wasn't coming through. I don't know. Anyway, no, it's still on the short bus. <sighs> So, I was going back and I was watching the uh, clips of the cartoon on YouTube. Uh huh. And you were making like you know different voices throughout <laughs> the game because we we started playing the game all over again. Yeah. I was April O'Neil and you were and you were Casey Jones. And I was, was making you laugh on I occasion, know, which was, was fun, hilarious. And I just thought, what? Uh, how much more fun would it be to have like little one-liners or zingers in there of Casey Jones. Yeah. You know, you want a little iron in your diet? Yeah. Sort of thing. I mean, that's what kind of makes the game much Maybe more you break something. <laughs> fun to play, you, you know? Turn your face into applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, they have the characters that are the voice actors yeah. from like the. I thought I think it's great. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's fantastic. You, you, uh, yeah, you, you're you're touching on something that is a bit of a peculiar situation because on, on the one hand, it's like they have, like when it comes to Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, um, maybe April, um, those are the voice actors from the the 1987 cartoon, which is fantastic. Yeah. Like it, it, Rob Paulson as Raphael. It, I mean, I, I hear him like that is so cool yeah. that they were able to to, to corral all the, all the the original talent and be able to do that. And then um, even some of the others like Burns and Irma and Vernon, those yeah, I think Vernon, are also that, the OG actors for those. The, the the person who's voicing Vernon sounds totally. really familiar. Irma does too, though. Irma does too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, to your point though, it's just it's funny how there are other characters like Casey Jones, where like you know, especially a character like Casey Jones 
He has a very signature sound to his voice that actually really speaks volumes to his character. Do you think YouTube would copyright it if we just put up a clip? That would be fun. Yeah. Nah, I, I don't know if they'd copyright it. But would. I mean, like all, all of our listeners and, and viewers can can just check the game out for themselves, right. especially if they're Turtles fans. They're going to instantly pick up on it. And I think it's, it, it's just odd how... Whoever they got to be the voice of Casey Jones, he's not even trying to sound like right. the original Casey Jones voice, which is just kind of like he's kind of sounds like this, like ah, take that, scuzz bucket. You're like, no, 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 yeah, that's not right. This is Casey Jones. He's a, he's got anger management problems. <laughs> he's ready to go down and fight with everything he's got. You know, he's got that. <laughs> Like you said, like it's it's almost like a Clint Eastwood, but like it's like this angsty Clint Eastwood who has right. like anger impulse control <laughs> problems or something. Other than that, though, I mean, like fighting as Casey Jones is a lot of oh, fun. Man. I mean, like all the different moves he has, you know, he has bats and he has golf clubs and cricket. Yeah. I mean, like depending on what, what moves you're doing, it, it's a lot of fun. If you do like a double Hockey jump, stick. you can pull out two bats and you're like bashing and whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think... That is super cool too because tribute games could have easily um, made it so that you, only the four turtles sure. were playable, and that would have been fair. Like we would have totally accepted that because oh, okay, it's the four turtles. But they upfront allow us to play as Splinter and April O'Neil, yeah. both characters of which you pl have played extensively, <laughs> and they seem to be like really fun to play. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, I would say Splinter probably a bit more fun um, just because of his moves and whatnot. I mean, April's April's cool because it's, well, I mean, she's one of the main characters of the entire story. You're always going to see April O'Neil. Yeah. Um, but, like, she's just hitting with, like, the <laughs> microphone. Which makes sense. She's yeah, a I news mean, reporter. They're having sure. fun with it. Yeah, they're having fun with it. But, I mean, like, Splinter, like, you know, as, as a kid in the arcade, I was like, man, it would be so cool if there was like some cheat code I could put in here or I could like play as Splinter instead of one of the turtles. Yeah. And this game allows you to play as Splinter. So I just thought that was automatically cooler. Yeah. And, um, and he's got some flashy moves. Like I, I have yet to experience it myself, but it was really cool. Which is also something they put in this game that wasn't in the arcade was in the arcade. You were just like mashing like regular attack, regular attack, regular or jump, you know, attack or heavy attack. You had like jump and attack. Or something like that. Those yeah. two buttons. Or was it just in two the joystick? Buttons? Yeah. Yeah, Lee. And so this one, you can unlock more moves. You can unlock uh, like a powerful move. Yeah. There's there's like two different jump moves. Yep. Um, which is which is honestly pretty darn cool because when you are facing like the mousers and some of like the uh, <laughs> like the robot characters, I couldn't even tell you how many times during the arcade where I like those things would attach to my hand. Oh, and I'm yeah. trying to like get rid of this thing, and and my life would just get sapped away and on another quarter or whatever token. And that's one Keep of the playing. classic homages that Tribute Games has done yeah. with their game is like they clearly looked at the Konami version, said, yeah, we got to do something that that clearly references right. something that like people will get nostalgia for. And right. so super, super fun. But yeah, like, like speaking of some of the stuff that they have actually added on top. So, you, you know, at its core is a beat-em-up, which... You and I have always enjoyed beat em ups. Like it's just it's it's mindless fun. Like yep. you're going in, you're doing your thing. Streets of Rage was another great game, like that they did a, a remake for. Um, love the graphic style. Loved like what they did with it. I know I've played through it multiple times. It's it's just fun if you're in the mood for a beat em up. You sure, put it on. Um, what's interesting about what they've done with TMNT here is that they've added some things. First of which I think is is noteworthy. Mm. 
If your ally is low on health, you can go over to them and press the left bumper button and you give yourself... Uh, 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 wiper. Uh, okay, what are we doing? Uh, 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 I feel the need Matt. for speed. <laughs> anyway, I think that that is oh, actually from a game design perspective, that's brilliant because yeah. I, you know, how many times have we played an arcade game or even like a you know a console game where someone's on the struggle bus, they're about to croak, <laughs> and you know someone else has you know a pretty decent amount of health still left, and all you want to do is give them a little bit of your health so that, that way they can survive with you. Perfect. You get in close proximity. You do the the left bumper. They give a high five, and you can do it. Here's the cool thing: you can do it as many times as you want. It's not like it's limited to just once or twice or three times. And on top of that, it it goes both ways. So whoever presses the the left bumper will give some of their health away. So even if you're like, you know, getting pretty close to death, you can still give some of your health sure. to someone else who maybe has like eighty percent of their health <laughs> or whatever. So. I think that's really, really fun and original. I also think what's really cool is the notion that you could tell that, that you know, the, the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is about teamwork. You know, like, like that's one of the reoccurring themes. You have brotherhood and then you have the teamwork side of things. And in this game, they have organically and very subtly encouraged people to fight together as a team. I don't know if you've picked up on this or not as we were playing, but... Any time that, that our characters were, were close and side by side yeah. fighting, did you notice how like all of a sudden like we started getting some additional moves and right. like our we had like these like kind of ghost images happening where like like there'd be like a like a blue kind of ghosting that's happening to one of the characters. Another character would have a green ghosting or something, but like clearly there is some kind of like power up combo thing sure. that, that that does occur. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. I mean, some of the characters you do like area damage instead of just like singular damage to one character. Yeah. And they would like shout out like, "Oh, teamwork!" Or you know, yeah. or, uh, I forgot what Splinter said. I heard it say it a ton of times, and I can't remember it. But um, anyhow, yes. Or April O'Neil would just like grab a camera stand and like just start swinging it around yeah. everywhere. You know? Yeah. So. Um, and they I, had like combos too, where like as long as your characters were in close proximity to each other and it activated that thing, right? There were times where like I know, like as Casey Jones, for example, like like you'd be beaten on a foot soldier, all of a sudden, like you would toss it over to me, I would hit it, and again, like these are moves that don't get unlocked unless you you are in close proximity to each other. And I just really like that because again, it's 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 just it's subtly telling you, hey, you know, you have a much better chance of survival if you work together. Sure. And I think they did a good job with the, um, you know, with, with these kind of 2D games. It's hard to get. You, you either move up top of the screen yeah. or you're on the bottom of the screen. But sometimes it's hard for the game to realize, like, I'm in the middle of, like, two different shots that are coming this way and this way. I'm in the middle. But I thought they did a, a better job with it than the arcade again because, um, like, even though sometimes, like, yeah, I didn't really know how close I was to it, there were... Um, there was it was avoidable mm -hmm. basically like if someone shot away across the screen in the old game you're like you're gonna get hit no matter what and like it's just a way to suck down quarters i guess who knows right <laughs> but and this one um there was definitely a way to like be in between cannons or lasers or fists or something like that and um and i don't know i gotta appreciate that it's kind of like the sign of the times you know okay we, we figured out how to do this better and here it is yeah i also wanted to touch on the music russ i enjoyed the music 
I did too. Yeah, you, you know the the music itself uh, was very much like early '90s style, yeah, kind of poppy. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of hip hop, a little bit, a little poppy in there, a little bit of rock and roll. You know, like the surfer yeah. dude, boombox kind of thing. Um, yeah, definitely really enjoyed the the arrangements that they had. I will say though that I still, um, if it was if it was a comparison between the Konami Arcade versus. Uh, what what they've done here, I still hold the Konami Arcade as like top dog in terms of the, well, actually in terms of just about everything because again, it that game was so well defined and so well made that it's, it, I mean, it's just it, it stands head and shoulders. It really is. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I just oh, I know what you, I know what you're saying, I, but I think I, I don't know. I like. I think I like this one better. Okay. I like this one better. Um, the 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 arcade will always like hold a place in my heart. But, sure. Um, but I like what they're doing with this one better. That seems like they're having more fun with the game. Um, and there's a lot less frustration that's with it. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm having more fun playing it, uh, I'm gonna go back to that one. I would say. They're going to hold my attention uh, more and I'm going to spend money with Game Pass longer if they're going to release DLC. Mm-hmm. Because I would still love to... There, there's like... Uh, t- the thing that's different between this and like Streets of Rage is like, okay, you've had like three or four or five Streets of Rages and there's only a small kind of finite n- number of characters you can play. Ninja Turtles, there's a ton of characters you can play and a ton of characters you can fight. And as long as they kept on, you know, making difference in you know levels that you could go to, I'm I would continue paying for Game Pass just to play this. Yeah, yeah. And it's worth noting too, in terms of the soundtrack, that um Mr. Nakamura was the 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 composer for the original Konami arcade. And I think a lot of the brilliance that he was able to put into the game was he essentially took the main theme song of the cartoon, the Ninja Turtles theme song itself, and he basically riffed on that and made like multiple arrangements and iterations of that song. So, you know, you have like the. You know, and like for each one of the levels that you were in, um, there was something that, that he put together. And uh, to me, part of the brilliance was that as a kid, we all love the cartoon. We love the Ninja Turtle cartoon that would come on. We love the theme song that comes on. And as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, it's my favorite Turtles theme song. And there have been multiple versions of like Ninja Turtles cartoons with their own like theme songs. To me, it doesn't hold a candle to the original. The OG Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack is great. And it was so cool to see this person. Again, this game was made in the 80s. Look at what the source material was from the cartoon and said, okay, we need to make it based off of this. And to this day, like every time, like I, I, if I go on YouTube, you can find like the original soundtrack from that Konami arcade and listen to it. And you pick up on that and they act as like... Um, uh, ear, I think they're called earworms where like, you know, you, you, the song just gets ingrained into your skull and as you're playing it, I mean, it's constantly feeding you that hype all the time. It's literally like, you know, if you're watching just the intro to the cartoon for like an hour or two at the arcade and by the time you're like, you're just leaving there, you're like, <laughs> turtles, turtles! <laughs> you know, you're, you're just, you're so amped up uh, with everything. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, having said that, though, I do think that there was care from Tribute Games to take a look at what the previous efforts were and then say, okay, how do we do our own version of this that clearly, once again, is paying homage to the uh, original Arcane, but then give it like our own kind of sound. And I think they've been successful to a large degree. I think I think that's uh, that that is a uh, worthy of of uh, commendation. Yeah. Mm. You know what else I picked up on, Russ? What did you pick up on, Steve? You know, nowadays we always look forward to like cutscenes mm-hmm. in the game. It's like, okay, I finished this level. They're gonna tell me a little bit more about the story, but I mean, somebody spent time to render something, <laughs> you know, and make it cool. So like, it's not just like the basic game graphics, but something like show me a two hundred million dollar <laughs> pre-rendered cinematic <laughs> yeah, now. That's right. Okay, I wait for it. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, Why I pay sixty bucks? For this <laughs> yeah, right. But back in the day, though. Everybody had to draw that stuff or align pixels oh, yeah. or something like that. And Hand I remember animated. And I remember like looking forward to that. Even so, I mean, with and, and they kind of stayed in that line. Sure. Where like, okay, in between levels, like you could see something happened. It was like a picture, and like maybe like one thing was moving away or something. And I'm just like, like Yeah. <laughs> that looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I don't know how much I appreciated that as a kid. And, you know, now, of course, things have gotten a lot better, richer, more detailed, yes. craziness in, in comparison. But uh, it made me smile that they still did it with this game. Oh, yeah. You know, they could have gone either direction. I mean, they could have done a lot. But sure. um, I'm kind of glad they didn't. And they just stuck with, like, the the, the static picture in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, who's played the game, like the arcade game, so many times... I, I could see like maybe somebody who hasn't played their arcade game like that's dumb or is that that's kind of stupid or why they do that. But I don't think they were maybe marketing to them. I think they were maybe marketing to me because I appreciate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it, it definitely it, it gets you in the nostalgic feels for sure. And I agree. I, I would not have it any other way for this particular title. You know, I I mean, even like you said, like like the style of presentation with the, the, the cut scenes as it were, <laughs> you know totally call back to, to that. You know, some of the other moves that I forgot to mention that I thought were also equally as cool is, and again, this differentiates itself from the original arcade is the, the sense that you have ultimates with each one of the, the, the heroes that you're playing as. So like you have a, a separate bar, I think they call it the ninja bar. Sure. Makes sense. Russ. Easy to remember. Yeah. You know? But anyway, like once that bar has been filled up, then your character can do some kind of special type of move that lasts about five seconds or so. But it's cool because it's eye candy, you know, like it's just visual eye candy, seeing like some sort of cool thing happening, um, helps you get out of a bind, that sort of thing. But also too, it all, it adds a sense of excitement to it that kind of, you know, honestly, it reminds me a little bit of the X-Men arcade, because if you recall, the X-Men arcade actually had three buttons. It had a jump button, an attack button, and then it had its little ultimate button. Right. So like for me, like my go-to character when I was playing the Konami X-Men arcade game was, was Nightcrawler. And so what was really fun was that, you know, I could hit the ultimate and all of a sudden I could like teleport like all over the screen doing damage. And just once again, it was a dopamine hit. It was a payoff for being able to have that meter get charged up and then unleash it versus like, you know, if you're playing as like Cyclops, he'll have like a huge, you know, beam (laughs) that just goes across and just annihilates foes. Again, it acts as a payoff. It's really fun as I'm talking about this to even think about how, you know, we both love Overwatch 
and how one of the big payoffs within the gameplay mechanics is how they have incorporated ultimates as a big part of the payoff for their game. What I find interesting is that when I look back to the X-Men arcade, you know, Konami was already ahead of the game in that way, even through, you know, a 2D beat em up like X-Men itself, it still had the, the, the core foundation, you know, the, the fundamentals of like, okay, you know, we've got to have some kind of cool visual payoff that allows people to be temporarily invincible and just allows them to have that, that kind of gaming exhale, if you will. And be like, yeah, it was cool. And then you keep going forth. Well, I mean, it kind of identifies your character too, right? Because like, if you're reading the comics or you're watching the cartoon, you're going to want your favorite character to, to do their ability, like, right. right? Their mutant ability. So if everybody was just, like, punching and kicking, like, okay, well, you know, Wolverine punches and kicks just like Nightcrawler punches and kicks. So besides looking different, they just, they're both performing the same thing. Yeah. But if they had the special move, like, I want to see Wolverine's claws. I want to sure. see Cyclops blast. I want to see Nightcrawler's teleport. You know what? And then it's the payoff. I mean, it's, it's the, like, that's what I'm putting money in the machine for. Well, and also, too, from a psychological perspective, it also allows each one of the players to have a moment in the spotlight where like all attention is on them. And especially like, again, like even when we were playing um, Ninja Turtles, like there would be moments where one of us would execute our special ultimate ability and it would be at just the right time where like you'd have like, you know, 10 enemies getting clobbered yeah, all at once. That feels good. And then whoever was like more on like the viewing side who, who wasn't doing their ultimate, there was like a vocal recognition of that. Like, whoa, man, that was good. Oh, that was yeah. cool. That's part of the payoff is like, you know, people want that pat on the back, that verbal like, yeah, dude, that was awesome. You know, like, yes, keep going. You so. know, one thing we didn't get to try though, Russ, is... Um and then we don't know if this is going to happen, but I mean, like, if we had four people, Nick, <laughs> or six us, people, or six people, would there be more enemies? Because, I mean, if there were the same enemies, there'd be running out of, like, people to beat on. Because, like, so just be like, yeah, this is like, nah, suck. I'm not getting paid for that. <laughs> but I mean, for two of us, it was fine. Yeah. But I mean, for three, four, five, or six people, and there wouldn't be enough. We still need to have that experience. I really want to try out like the six player co-op because right. I can tell you just from playing the game by myself mm -hmm. versus playing it with just you, there mm -hmm. is a ramping up of excitement that occurs. I want to have, I'm sure like if you have six players playing this game simultaneously, you are going to have like a constant like royal rumble going on. And it's going to be so fun because yeah. of the, the pure chaos, the visual chaos on screen. If you have six players, I mean, there's going to be ultimates going off like all the time. And that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, there was, there was one night when I went, uh, I was like, well, pre Elden ring, Russ, uh -huh. pre Elden ring uh -huh. earlier in the year. I thought, you know what? I'm going to play streets of rage again. I'm just going to join somebody's party and I'm just going to, you know, have a good time. There was nobody playing the game. Oh. And it was just me. I'm like, does anybody on the planet want to play Streets of Rage? And like, no one did. I kind of like stood there in like the lobby for a while waiting for someone to join. I'm like, I guess I'll stop. Yeah. Play something else. So I, I don't want to see that happen to this one. And I think the way they're going to keep people coming back is, like I said, with the DLC. Yeah, and I don't recall if they had DLC for Streets of Rage. Do you? I don't believe they did. They did have... 
certain characters that were unlockable right. once you beat the story mode right. or like if you, you know, found certain secrets right. or you know, accumulated enough points or whatever. I like that. I think that that was fun. I honestly, just, you know, speaking of that, I was kind of wondering about this game if there was like a secret that you could unlock that unlocks the original Konami TMNT arcade game. Uh. I doubt that, you know, when, when I stopped to really think about it, I doubt that that's there, but just because they're completely different companies, right? Like, I mean, right. you'd have to go through an entire licensing deal and everything else, but how cool would that be, yeah, be cool. if you had like a, yeah. a way to like flip it over to that instead? Even if it said Konami. Uh, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, but I mean, you gave Konami, I mean, maybe they gave him some credit. They'd be like, okay, do it. Yeah. Maybe. I also wanted to talk, I know you mentioned this briefly, but in terms of the visuals, what I think is interesting about the original Konami Ninja Turtles arcade is mm -hmm. there was more of a maturity to the visuals. Now, granted, like the visuals are pixels, right? It's like pixel based, but like to your point, then the turtles were taller. Yeah. And they just looked a bit more refined, a little more older, as did a lot of the other characters too. Like like in this one, you could tell like the art direction was to make them a little more squattier, a little more cuter. You know, April also, you know, she, sure. she, she looks a little more childlike. Uh, not that she's a child, but like just, you know, she doesn't look like how she looks in the Konami arcade. And I can tell you, I mean, the foot soldiers too, the foot soldiers just, yeah, yeah, they, they, they just look like they're two feet been taken off right. of their, their height or whatever. And that's all well and good. I mean, it, the game is still fun, but as I'm looking at the art direction of what Konami did, like that to me is like the de facto standard. I absolutely loved how every single character was portrayed in that arcade. And considering the fact, once again, this arcade came out in the eighties, they had, you know, hardware technological limitations as to what they could do. Yeah. However, having said that for its time, I mean, I got chills every time I saw like another type of character that we all know from like the cartoon series, for example, sure. make their appearance in the game. You're like, man, that looks so good. All the yeah. explosions were like over the top and like the sound effects were like super like yeah. bassy. And that's true. That is true, Russ. I think what they did, at least with the visuals, that they is they made the map smaller mm. to fit like on a four by three screen. And so they made the map smaller, which in turn made the characters bigger and now with this one it seems like they made the map bigger to fit all the wide screens all the 16 by 9 screens and so you see a lot more of the map a lot more is going on but your character is smaller yeah so, i'm not sure yeah. what they decided to do but it, it, yeah it's even when i think of like the streets of rage game that they made the remake mm -hmm. I think the characters are actually taller. Like, like they've been, they were able to, I'll have to play it again just because I haven't played it in you know, a few months or whatever. But like, still, I, I want to say that the characters appeared to be a little more taller than what we see here. And again, I think it's just, it was a, a choice that the art director made. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to just compare and contrast between the two. You can't help, but like do that. I know. One of the other things that is a bit of a critique for me is how, you know, throughout the levels themselves, once you get about 70% of the way through, some of the levels kind of get repetitive, like that there's not a lot of, of difference um, in terms of going from left to right, which I, I kind of was was hoping that they would be able to expand upon like the, the kind of like that kind of sort of isometric, but 2D 
side scroller kind of thing. I, I just, I wanted to see more. Like I remember in the arcade, once again, going back to the Konami arcade, mm -hmm. remember when you're in the Technodrome and like it had that like elevator thing that went down at a 45 degree angle and you were having to like dodge yeah. like cannonballs right. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. enemies that were dropping down and stuff, you know, things like that, that like helped to break up kind of the, the directional nature of the game itself. I hear you, Russ. It's all making sense. It is. It, it is. is, Russ. But I think that game was made to... Uh, collect quarters. Collect quarters, set a precedent. This game was made to drive nostalgia. Yeah. Which Konami's game did what it did very good. I think this game does what it does uh, very good. Yeah. I would still like to play the Konami game all over again if I could play it like not you know in my own house yeah for example like and not dump quarters and i wouldn't mind if i only had a limited amount of continues but i mean if i could play that on my high-res tv that'd be the bomb.com i would you know it i would love to purchase like an original teenage mutant ninja turtles konami arcade game not yeah. not none of the the newer ones that have come out like like right. they're kind of like more of like a the original yeah, like like the yeah. original hardware, the original monitor, the original cabinet, you know, just just have it be like the OG thing. I would love to have that in my house. Yeah. It'd be so fun. It's so cool. Right. Pick one up today, Russ, for 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, right. They're probably they're probably costing around put it right there. Four to six grand, I want to guess. Mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Someday, Steve. It will be mine. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. It's great. Yeah. Did you have any uh, final thoughts about the game itself? No, wrestling. We flushed it out pretty good. Yeah, we did, didn't we? We did a good are job. Are you happy, though? I mean, like, are you a happy man to be able to play that game? Did it leave you satisfied? It, it left me satisfied, yes. Um, I am, I, I would say I'm not, like, in a, in a big hurry to play the game, like, with little characters or yeah. not, not, I'm sorry, not little characters, but just like, you know, just two players playing. I want to play the game with oh. more people, have more of a social yeah. experience playing yeah, the yeah. game. So, I mean, if it's going to be like me by myself or like me and you, like we've already played through the game. Yeah. And so like playing through it again, same characters, same levels, nothing different. Well, you know, it kind of loses a little bit, but I mean, if there's everybody there, throwing stuff around and doing their special moves and it's just this big neutral fest. Yeah. Then I think that'd be a lot more fun. Well, and a game like this also calls back to the quality of having people over to your house. Like yeah. if you can squish six people on your couch and you're all playing the game <laughs> locally, that's part of the fun, right? It's like, like that's the, that calls back to the days where people could hoop and holler together and, and just share in that experience. Now you can do the same thing if you're like online and, and sure. you know, have your headset on and whatnot. But sure. uh, I think um, in terms of, of what, my final thoughts on the game. It was just a super fun game. Like I, I really Great enjoyed time. playing through uh, with you. Oh, it was a, a trip down memory lane. I love like how much TLC was put into this. How like you could tell they are fans of the turtles themselves. This game would not have been nearly as charming or fun if it was just a money grab, which it clearly is not. Like right. you can tell like, like they, they really, really enjoy it. And it does, you know, it, it's interesting too. I think it was a wise decision for them to, to focus more on like the late 80s, early 90s rendition of the Turtles because the Turtles have gone through several art direction changes, um, which 
to me personally, maybe because I was a kid during the time that they first came out, I'm just, I haven't been a fan of, I just really love like what they did for like both the cartoon and even the, the, um, the 1990 movie that came out. So looking at that, I think that was great. It makes me though, think about what would it be like? And I remember I mentioned this to you as we're playing about like, what would it be like it to have a next gen teenage mutant Ninja turtles game? on a PS5 or Xbox Series X with ray tracing, with, with high poly meshes and whatnot. Like, and I think I told you about mm-hmm. like how the game Spider-Man for PS4 and PS5 come to mind where like, you know, you have Manhattan, but instead of swinging through the cities as, as Spidey, you know, you're running and flipping over like, you know, uh, rooftops and fighting baddies, you know, foot soldiers and whatnot, that sort of thing on there. I think that would be extremely impressive and I would love it if like there would be a triple A studio that would be willing to pick that up. But with the original looking Ninja Turtles. Yes. Not like the new Ninja Turtles. No. Right. No, no. I I would like to be able to keep them, um, you know, you know, I got to say too, NetherRealm Studios, which is the, the uh, studio that does Mortal Kombat um, and the Injustice series, they had, the turtles as one of like the DLC characters right. for, I believe it was, mm, that was a little while ago. Oh man. I want to say it was injustice Two. Yeah. But it could, but it might, Justice two. it's gotta be injustice Two. I don't think it was mortal Kombat 11. It's justice. Anyways, they also decided to have the art direction of the turtles have that callback where it's more like kind of like back in the, the late eighties, early nineties with their kind of like you know, a little bit of like a fusion of like what they want to do, but it worked in my opinion. Yeah. I would love it. It just once again, to see like just a straight up bonafide TMNT next gen game, have Casey Jones in there, have April O'Neil in there, have like the whole cast have like Irma, you know, uh, Burns have the, have the frogs, the punk frogs in there have Krang, Shredder. Um, I mean, even one, even characters that we have yet to discover in this game, I don't know if they exist or not, but like Usagi Ojimbo or, I mean, there are just a number of different memorable characters that exist within this TMNT world. And that's actually, you know, I'm still very complimentary of like the sheer number of other characters that we bounced into because like some of the bosses that we came into contact with, I mean, you had... Wingnut. Wing I mean, you nut, had yeah. Baxter Stockman. You had, I can't remember all their names, but you had like, like the cyborg rhino guy. I can't remember his name or, or even like the, 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 the mole dude. And I can't remember his name either. It's been a long time, but <laughs> you know, that was very impressive how once again, they're, they're going through the catalog of characters that have been established over the last like three decades and it just speaks volumes because, you know, I, I mean, both of us were, you know, every time we'd see a new character, we're like, oh, that's so-and-so. I haven't seen that character in 30 years. So <laughs> anyway, do you have any other uh, final thoughts? No, Russ. In that case, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show not to mention it continues to financially help us do said show also make sure you shell shock that subscribe button and uh, maybe tie a bandana around that notification bell that way you will not miss a single episode of joygasm which drops once a week every week and while you're at it 
Do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on all of them. Join the Joygasm family. Why not? Be part of the community. It's always a fun little The brotherhood. Home. The brotherhood, indeed. Or the family, you know? Be part of the family. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will kung fu our way into seeing you all next week.